everyone, and welcome to Time of Your Life, the show where we talk beauty and midlife every week. This week, I'm talking to the wonderful Amy Schmidt. Amy is a US podcaster, author, public speaker, blogger, founder, and CEO of Fearlessly Facing 50. I, I'm in awe of her already. Her mission <laughs> is to empower and encourage women over 40 to go all in and not lose their identity or become invisible. Her family has moved many times over the year for her husband's career, and she was the CEO of Home and Family, which many of us can relate to. Now it's her time, and she's written a fantastic book called Cannonball, available on Amazon, which came out in June this year. Amy, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you. Oh, that's so kind. Amy, talk to us about your journey. Where do I begin? I tell you, it's crazy, isn't it? And, you know, as you, as you kind of referenced in that intro, um, so much of my story is going to be relatable because as you know, in this space, in this midlife and beyond space, we all share these commonalities. So my journey started at 22 when I was ready to set the world on fire as a news broadcaster, you know, ready just to take it on. And then this thing called love happened and, um, got married and started on this trajectory with my husband's career. And, you know, I kind of sit back and look at that and think, wow, well, you know, the, the choices that you make along your journey, um, it's just very interesting. So we, we had three children. We have moved, as you referenced in the intro, we've moved 11 times, lived all over the country and the world, spent six years in Germany. And, you know, all during that time, I had to kind of sit back by choice. And I was the CEO of the household. I had to manage the kids. I had a husband who traveled all over the world all the time, at least three nights a week. I was used to that. That was my cadence and um, really kind of had to figure out where was Amy? Who was she? What was she doing? I continued to write. I always have written as a freelance writer, you know, the power of the internet. It's so incredible. And I was able, able to do that. And I was also able to get involved in all the communities where I lived, sat on boards, invested time in my children and my journey at that point. And then about six months before I turned 50, I sat back and I had lost both of my parents. I had um, encountered some health issues that sometimes we do at this phase of life. And I kind of sat back and thought, you know, there's more for me to do and more for me to give. And um, so that's when I launched my podcast, wrote my book, and really just am on a whole new path and more excited than ever. Why do you think that happens to us? Why, why do you think mm. we let ourselves become invisible? Mm, such a good question. You know, I don't know. I think there's this struggle with, uh, with women, you know, when you think about multitasking and reinvention, we master that, don't we? As women, we really do. Mm. And for me, it was this moment when I was getting the kids ready for school. I don't even know where we were living at the time, but my husband was ready to run out the door and he, he yelled to me, and he said, Hey mom, grab the, drag the dry cleaning on the way home. If you would today, I've got some shirts there I need picked up. And of course I'll do that. You know, I have time in my day to do that, but I thought, mom, wait a minute. <laughs> like, where is Amy? Where did she go? And I think that's the struggle that we sometimes encounter at certain transitions in our life as women. You know, we, we are the moms and the daughters and the wives and the sisters and where did Amy go? So that's where I think we struggle and we have to change that narrative. And that's my whole thing is I want to challenge that narrative around midlife from crisis to opportunity, because there are so many opportunities for us to find our role, our identity and where we really add value. So I think that's why we get stuck. We struggle. We struggle. 
Do you think it's because we we take on the role as carer so often because you know and probably willingly because mm-hmm. you know we want to look after our kids if we have them we want to look after our parents do you think that's why we subjugate us our our own personal needs to the absolutely. needs of others absolutely we we have that just that genetic nurturing you know that's part of our genetics that's part of our makeup we are nurturers we're a nurturing creature and we do tend to take care of everybody else's needs and i don't know if that just makes us feel good if it feeds us in a way, if it makes us feel powerful, what exactly that is for us, but we do it. And then when it comes to taking care of ourselves, loving ourselves, caring for ourselves, it's always on the back burner. And um, I think that has a lot to do with just that nurturing gene that we have as women. I think you're, I think you're right. I think it does do something for us. That's why we do it. Mm-hmm. It makes us feel, mm-hmm. I don't know, special, important, satisfied. Right. Yes, <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I know it sounds strange, but it's true. It must feed us in some way. Because if you had a group of women sitting here, I'm sure nine out of 10 would say, oh, I take care of everybody else. And then I take care of myself. That's just what we do. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Why do you think we both felt motivated to write books telling midlife that we don't have to be done yet? And there's more for us out there if we want it? Hmm. You know, it's such a great question because, you know, I'm sitting around with my peers. I had moved back from Germany at this point in my life. I had lost my parents and I'm sitting around with peers and we're all chatting about the same things. Aging parents, our bodies changing, you know, relationships changing with our spouse or partner or our kids, you know, all of these things. And we share these commonalities. So for me, it was a challenge for me. I knew I had that background in journalism and I was interested in telling stories. That's something I'm very passionate about and making connections with people. But for me, it just was, it was time for me to take action around that. You know, we can talk about these things, but we need women out there to take action and open the dialogue and learn from each other. And for me also, I think, and I don't know if you feel this way, but the, the art of collaboration. All of a sudden, when you hit midlife, it's like this light bulb goes on and it's not competing anymore. It's collaboration over competition. We're learning from each other. So much value we learn from each other. And that, you know, those types of engagements and conversations charge people to propel forward and take on new challenges. And that's why I did. And I'm sure, you know, you may that may resonate with you. Yes, I, I definitely think that. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is that Madeleine Albright one. You know, mm. there's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. <laughs> yes. um, which I absolutely yes. love. And I think that does resonate more as you get older. But I still see there's quite a lot of women my age who, who are struggling. Yes. And they haven't yes. found, they, they haven't decided that they do, that there is more for them, that they're not exactly. done yet. Right, um, right. How has your life changed since you decided not to be invisible? And I'm doing my fingers over the quote there, invisible. You know, my life has changed uh, so much. And uh, I think back to when my mom turned 50. I can remember I was probably 13 at the time. I was helping put her pearl necklace on. There was a party for her turning 50. And I thought, wow, mom, that's pretty old. And here I turned 50. And I look at this next decade or two as like the, the best of my life. I'm, I'm being able to use the gifts and where I can add value to others in ways that I never thought possible. You know, I'm challenging myself differently. What I really like to do and what I challenge women to do all over the world is to sit back and just reflect on those accomplishments that we've had as women. You know, when you think about that, these, these amazing things that we've done and we kind of just 
pass over. We go on to the next great thing or the next thing. And we don't sit back and reflect and create our highlight reel. And I think that is those important things that we need to do as women create our highlight reels of accomplishments and say, when we want to go for that job or we want to go for that new opportunity to say, wow, I guess I do have that experience. You know, we sit back as women so often and look at, look at, for example, if you're applying for a job and you look at the criteria and you think, oh man, I don't check all those boxes. I don't think I should even apply. You know, you count yourself out before you even put your hat in the ring. And, um, I I just think it's interesting. There's, there's such difference between men and women around that men can look at it and and cross off two of the boxes and say, man, I am going to get this job. I am going to get this job. And whereas women just second guess themselves so much. But I think that's not dissimilar to, to, um, you know, the opposite sex. I think most women, we would look at Brad Pitt and go, Oh my goodness, he's gorgeous. He'd never look at me. Right. And I think most men would look at Angelina Jolie and say, yeah, she just hasn't met me yet. Right. Do you know exactly. what I, mean? I think it's very it's similar. Great. I love that. That is so true. And and why do we do that? We are our worst self-critic. I mean, we are our own worst critic. We really are. We, you know, we look in the mirror. There was a study I, I referenced in my book about, you know, women between the ages of 45 and 55. And when they looked in the mirror, they were so disappointed in what they saw. And yeah. that's so, oh, it's just, it it tears at me. It tears me apart because I think, you know, these women wanted to see a, a vision of them at 25 or at 30, but yet they're 45, 55, whatever it is. And they're beautiful where they are at that moment in time. It's just, we're so hard on ourselves. Do you think it's the physicality or do you think it's the lost dreams that we, we mourn? At, mm, in, I think in, it's in a combination study. of both. Great question. I really think it's a combination of both. I mean, you know, we do change obviously physically. Um, and you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I've, talk to so many women now that have started skincare companies or beauty companies for women over 50 that I just love. That's so aging boldly, aging with grace, all of those things. But, you know, I also think that, yeah, you look at yourself and you say, ah, remember when, remember when I used to ski those black diamonds and now I'm worried, you know, that whole fear thing sets in and we Mm. have to just push that aside. We have to, that's really why I called my book cannonball was because I'm a very visual person and I grew up being a competitive swimmer. So that all, all around water, that always <laughs> excites me. But, you know, cannonballing, when you think of that fearless exhilaration you had as a 10-year-old, when you're on holiday or you're going to the pool and you're kicking off your flip-flops as you're going in the gate because you're so excited to run to the top of that diving board and cannonball off and come up and look around and make sure all your friends were watching and look to your mom and say, watch me again. You know, you do it again and again. And now we look at our life, our lives, our lives, and and we get to that third rung of that same ladder of that diving board and we get stuck and it's fear. You know, we procrastinate. We say, oh, I'm going to do that next year because I'm going to lose those 10 pounds or I'm going to be more fit or, you know, we procrastinate. We, we, We wait for it to be the perfect time and all of that. And we just have to get past that. So cannonball for me is I want women just to embrace where they are where they are, they can dream bigger, they can do more. Um, you know, you're wearing a tankini, maybe you're not wearing your bikini, you're going to cannonball off and make this huge splash. And when you come up, instead of saying, watch me again, you're going to say, look at me now. You know, that's my home mission. I, I think I think that's so right. And I, I, I love the way you put that. But I, I wonder sometimes if we haven't lost that 10 year old in us, that 10 year old <laughs> has been battered by life. 
Right. And I, I actually also think that that 10 year old who does do the cannonballing has also had the onslaught of menopause hormones so often. And that can be so debilitating. And we, yeah. you know, it takes every woman I know, it's, it's almost taken us by surprise. Yeah. And we know yeah, it's coming. It's We're just never sure when. And then suddenly you, you've got all these hormones kicking around your body. These are obviously the people who've, who found menopause a, cha- a challenge and some don't. Right. Some just sail through. Right. But it, it's, it's a real issue and it comes at a really ch- difficult time for women. But if you can get through it, you're absolutely right. You can find a place where you're on your best decades. Yes, I agree. I agree. And, and menopause is tough. I mean, it really is. And it's those dialogues that we never had. I never had with my mom, uh, even with my no. older sisters, you know, we never chatted about those things. I, I couldn't tell you if my mom ever had a hat flash. I have no idea, but, um, I do so appreciate, you know, women like you embracing this space and this, in this time of our life and making it a part of our journey because we all go through it. It's like puberty. There's a beginning, a middle and an end. We get through it. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things. And I look to my daughter who is, you know, almost 24 and I look at her and she sees what I'm doing. She sees me through a different lens now. And I yes. hope that my messaging and my passion and around friends, around health, around relationships, around everything, I hope that she sees this and that she, when she is 50, 55, 60, she can have these open conversations and talk about menopause and, you know, everybody goes through it. And there's, I don't know, it's just something that is challenging, but certainly is, is, uh, is a remarkable time of life too, really. You're, you're hundred percent right. And part of the reason that I do what I do is I want to make it easier for the women coming through. I want them to see that we are talking about it, that that there are women like you and me out there that that can help them or can at least have a, have a version of, of what our truth was. Right. So that they can look at that and see if it resonates with them. The, the, the biggest challenge I found is um, women who gave up work to look after their kids. I didn't. I worked the whole way through with my children when they were young mm. in school. But you. so many women are traumatized. Well, I, don't, I don't know if it was necessarily any better, but I see mm-hmm. women really lacking in confidence when they, when they have a moment when they think I need to or I want to go back to work. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. have you found around that? Mm, I think there's so much truth in that, you know, because like I said before, when you think about applying for a job, I have a good friend who hadn't taught for almost 22 years and she decided, you know what? It's time for me to do this again. I love to teach. I still have my license, you know, but she was so nervous about the interview process and about putting herself out there. And, you know, what if this happens and what if that happens and who's going to do this? You know, all of those things, we start second guessing ourselves. And I think that's a challenge around it. You know, my, my advice around women that are thinking about getting back into whether it's a volunteer role or going, going back into a a corporate career or a part-time job, whatever it is, you know, use your resources and use your friends and one of the things I, I love to say to people that are thinking about taking on a new challenge around work is go to that anchor, that one friend that knows you the best and, and really challenge them around where you add value to their relationship, to the relationship. You know, why are you my friend? And it sounds so silly, but you get so much insight from that conversation. Go to your anchor and say, you know, we've been friends for a long time. Why are you friends with me? Like, where do I add value? what am I good at? And, and you can build your confidence, your, just your, your whole resume 
from just maybe that conversation, you know, they might say, wow, you're, you're just so good at this or wow, look at how you've managed all of these projects and sitting on these committees as a volunteer. And you take that as power to ignite the spark, to propel you forward and apply for those jobs that, you know, are, are going to challenge you in different ways. You can do it. All you have to do is start and using your resources and asking for help is a big part of that. That's an amazing idea. I hadn't even thought of that, but that is a really great idea because that's such a safe space to be in. It is. And And it's awkward, you know, it's awkward when you ask your friend. So why do you really think, uh, why do you like me? You know, I mean, it it sounds so funny, but there's so much power in it. And you just sit back and yeah, think about it. It's incredible. If they say it's down to your brownies, you're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Anyway, uh, you're, you're such an incredibly impressive woman. I love Thank your book you. as well. I think it's amazing. I'd recommend anyone to read it. What's the one message you would like midlife women or the audience today to take away from your book? Mm, I love that question. You know what? You haven't peaked yet. You're just getting started. And the other thing I love to tell women is you are enough just as you are. And those are two things I want you know women to write those down as their mantras. Because you haven't peaked yet. There's so much more for you to give, to do, to serve, whatever it is in your story or your circumstance. So just do it. Get up, get dressed, get going, and just start. Amy, that's amazing. Now, I'm going to move <laughs> you away from the from that. I'm going to pop you on a desert island. Mm. Easy. Uh, there's unlimited sunscreen dispensers all around this island. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had too many people saying sunscreen. But what is the one beauty product you would now take with you? A great moisturizer. That's what I would take with me. Okay. I am, and I am constantly, I'm feeling like even as a podcaster who's doing this all the time and talking and drinking water and everything else, I have to constantly put lotion on my hands, on my neck, everything. That's what I would take with me. And which fragrance would you take? Mm, a mixture of fig and jasmine. Mm, very nice. <laughs> what a combination, nice. right? It's my favorite. <laughs> Those two things together. Oh, it just sets my soul on fire. Perfect. Amy, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. I so appreciate the time. So Amy's book is called Cannonball. It's out now. It's on Amazon in the UK. That's all for this week. If you'd like to find out more about Amy and her book, do visit Fearlessly Facing 50. I'll put the details on the podcast information. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. I'll catch up with you all next week. Until then, have a great week, stay well, and speak then.